0: The Crude Life every Monday through Thursday with a weekend review on Friday.
1: Welcome to the crude life podcast. My name is Jason Speece. I am the North Dakota Nomad, the Shale Play Prophet. Thank you very much for joining us here. We're broadcasting from the Hatch Coaching Studios. We have our entitled intern Provolone manning the production elements of the podcast. Coming up in today's program, we'll be joined by Mike McMahon. He's with Eco Vapor Recovery Systems. Talk a little emissions management. Also find out what's going on in Colorado's regulatory world. I know he's out of Colorado and he goes to other shale plays as well but he's located in Colorado so uh, probably New Mexico too. I'll have to ask him about that. Uh, Neighboring states definitely going to talk flaring with Mike McMahon with Eco Vapor Recovery and I do believe he's in Denver today at the Doug Conference so Busy man, I know he's going to be down in Texas, down in the Permian as well, so I was happy to touch base with Mr. Mike McMahon with Eco Vapor Recoveries. He'll join us a little later on the Bach and Barbecue phone lines coming up on the second half of the program. Also, North Dakota Land Commissioner Jody Smith, at the end of the program, comments on a letter that was sent out looking to collect millions of dollars in unpaid natural gas royalties from companies operating in the oil and gas patch following a Supreme Court ruling last summer. Headlines coming up a little later in the program. Sponsor today is Knighton Industry. We'll let you know more about Knighton Industry in just a moment or two. I wanted to get to our featured event today. This is one of the things I wanted to get to early on. So, uh, Provolone, we're not going to do much with you today. I know yesterday I said we'll probably get you talking today, but I um, I, I had a revelation about you, Provolone. That, by the way, folks, Provolone is our entitled intern. Provolone comes our way via the university. He was majoring in entitlement, according to his mama and papa, who we call Mama and Papa OGC, oil and gas company. Provolone's parents own a modest oil and gas company, and they were a little concerned that the university was teaching him and majoring him and concentrating him a little too much on entitlement. So we have him here at The Crude Life to teach him how to make five bucks out of two bucks, how to learn how to respect the land, how to learn how to have relationships with people, how to build a community, all the things that oil and gas has taught me and taught everyone else who's worked in this industry for years and generations, that sort of thing. So, so Pro Bowl, and that's why you're here today, but yesterday it dawned on me, last night I was laying in bed and I was thinking, you know what, how can Provolone be introduced into the program? Because really, since day one, I don't think you've even spoken yet, have you? Because, you know, the first day, eh, first week, we kind of had the hazing thing going where in radio and podcasting, if you will, uh, anything audio, you, the producer, you just don't let them talk. And it's kind of a haze. But on the other hand, it's, hey, learn your role, man. You you got buttons back there. You got timing. You got music. You got selections. You've got things you've got to do editing on the fly. You know, like we always say, sometimes in life, you got to change the oil while you're going 65 miles down the interstate. And when you're doing live radio or a podcast, which I will not allow you to edit, that's the deal. So sometimes you just gotta go with the flow. And if I say a word incorrectly or unwrong, then we just gotta be okay with it and realize if it's a live or if it happened on a podcast, it's meant to be. Just like how you convinced me that every day means Monday through Thursday with a weekend review on Friday. I mean, I can't believe that you convinced me that. But getting back to my point here about you, Provolone, you entitled intern you. I think I figured out. How are you going to help me today? Because every day you bring something new. Every day you bring something new. I'm looking at the headlines here. You did a great job. I listened to last night's show. It, you, the music was just mm, perfect. But I'm getting to believe that you're like one of those donkeys who calms the thoroughbred racehorse. Yeah, that's you're the donkey, and I would be the thoroughbred racehorse in this scenario. I'm not saying that's the way it is in, you know, everyday life, but in this particular scenario, Provolone, because in that context, I would be the thoroughbred racehorse. So I need you to call me today because, boy, I tell you, I, I, I got some things in my ire today. I do. And we're going to get to that right now because I do not want to waste the people's time much more because it is the first day of of early voting for the 2020 Texas primary election. That email was sent to us by the Texas Oil and Gas Association. Texas Oil and Gas Association. So fun, I had to say it twice. Again, podcast, we're not editing that verbal hiccup I just had there. So the email was sent to us by the Texas Oil and Gas Association. Folks, if you have an event or a band or you have something of a question or an interview or whatever it might be, if you'd like to communicate with the show, just shoot me an email, jason at thecrudelife.com. That's jason at thecrudelife.com, just like the Texas Oil and Gas Association did to let me know that the first day of early voting of the twenty. Texas primary election is today so make sure you get out there and start your vote early if you are very active if you like to be act- in fact I know a lot of people are doing this more and more and I think this is a great way to go I'd say i say I've done it before early it's just you fill it out send it in you're done with it and I went and I looked and I didn't realize how many Democratic candidates there were I did not realize there was 47,000 people running for uh, a, a, a presidential candidate. I didn't, and Republican, I didn't even know there was like eight. Joe Walsh, the old musician, he's running in Texas against some guy, something named Zoltan Istvan. And how is Roque Rocky de la Fuente de Guerra, I butchered that, Roque Rocky de la Fente, Fuente guerra he's not only on the republican ticket but he's on the democratic t- t- ticket as well so i've i've never seen that i mean that guy uh, he must have just spent last year trying to get signatures anyway so that the early i just took a look at some of the some of the deals but you've got the supreme court you got the railroad commissioner which is very important this year by the way The reason we're talking about this as an event, because this is very important, folks. This is very, very important in oil and gas, especially this year when we are talking about 2020. Are you ready? I mean, are you ready? They're using children in protests for pensions, okay? And blaming oil and gas. Are you ready? So get active, contact the Texas Oil and Gas Association, find out, educate yourself, get the voting done early so it's done. The links are available at crudelife.com on our show page. If you'd like to just find out some more information, we have the link there. That is our featured event today. So folks, the links are available, of course, at thecrudelife.com show page. I do wanna transition and remind you, headlines are coming up in just a moment or two, plus our interview with Mike McMahon, with Eco Vapor Recovery Systems on our Bach and Barbecue phone lines. And then to end the program, North Dakota Land Commissioner Jody Smith with an update on a letter that she sent out looking to collect millions of dollars in unpaid natural gas royalties from companies. Apparently, about 80 companies, I think 40 have responded back, something like that. She gets into it a little bit more. Now, Johnny Green's Eco Watch. Hey, all right. Johnny Green's Eco Watch. What did Johnny Green leave for us today? Johnny Green is the Earth's champion. We sponsor him here at The Crude Life because we agree with his message, which is cell phones are the number one polluter on the planet, and you can't have renewable without fossil fuelable. And Johnny Green is out cleaning the swamps and mines and stopping by schools and stopping by country clubs and even going down into the marshes down in the Everglades, swamps. And Johnny Green likes to stop by the office from time to time when he's around town, the studios, and leave me little notes, leave me little, uh, he, boy, that guy can reuse paper. I, the other day, what was it, a 1996 receipt from Ralph's out in California? Anyway, he writes these websites on the back that he hears about. And this one here he sent me was, and the links are available at crudelife.com beavers cut flooding and pollution and boost wildlife populations. Let's read just a bit of this here. Beavers have alleviated flooding, reduced pollution, and boosted populations of fish, amphibians, and other wildlife, according to a five-year study of wild living animals in Devon the report which will help the government decide whether to allow wild beavers to return to England after being hunted to extinction more than 400 years ago concludes that the species has brought measurable benefits to wildlife and people well i got to say hold on the brakes here people because you 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 got to be very careful when you do this stuff we should learn our lesson from wild uh, from uh, yellowstone reintroduction of the of the wolf there was a time back in the Theodore Roosevelt day when they wanted to get rid of elk and then they brought the elk back and then they realized elk were causing damage to the foliage and so they, they brought back the wolves and the cougars after they shot them, after the environmentalists, the people in charge, thought they knew best and shot and killed all the carnivores, basically. And then they saw problems. And they, they, and we've got raw sewage being pumped out of Yellowstone today. So we don't even know how to take care of Yellowstone. And we think we're going to take care of the planet? Now, I understand the reintroduction of beavers is great. I mean, beavers, they are, trem- in fact, aren't they called the ecosystem engineers because they, you know, they cut down trees and they build dams and canals and they have these lodges. And so they do these integral things, but they really end up doing a lot of water management for their own purposes. And because of that water management and the shifting and moving and damming, if you will, it creates changes. I mean, when you think about like a river flowing, and then when a beaver Dam, dam comes, just the stop of the motion of water completely changes. The, the lake, the water, the pond, the stream, whatever it might be, the water, the flow of the water, which slows down, just it completely changes things. Things die off. New things are brought in. So beavers change things. So they, they got to be careful with what they're doing. I'm all about reintroduction of beavers. I'm all about creating more wildlife. Let's get this thing right. But what I'm not in favor of, of is environmentalists and governments thinking they know best, that they know better and they're gonna do and mother nature is gonna adhere to our policy because our policy was created by those attorneys and those attorneys are high powered and well educated from the top universities. So mother nature, why don't you know better? Because our attorneys created the laws and worked with the politicians, and they came up with consensus science. We trumped all the scientists out there because the attorneys and the politicians said they know best, along with the environmentalists. So they, they should maybe be careful about that. Johnny Green, you got my ire up today, I tell you. When it comes to wildlife, I'm very passionate because because what can I say, Provolone? I like beavers. Okay, what do we got next coming up here? Careful, Provolone, careful. I know it's a podcast, but we still have to have some manners here. Okay, what do we got coming up next here? Let's get to our sponsor and then let's do headlines because our sponsors keep our lights on. And folks... When our lights are on, we are going to do our best to inform you and educate you and sometimes even entertain you how those lights stay on. It is not the flick of a switch. No, it is the hard working men and women out there in the field, in the upstream, downstream, salmon stream, baby, like Knighton Industries, the folks at Knighton Industries. Now, let me tell you about Knighton Industries. Industries. They're a full-service pump distributor servicing the oil and gas industrial and municipal markets since 1969. Knighton Industries offers parts, sales, and service of all major brand pumps along with a 24-hour service department and a full-service machine shop. From the design stage, their engineers provide the data and resources necessary to ensure equipment reliability. For more information on Knighton Industries, visit their website, knightonindustries.com. That's knightonindustries.com. Or you can certainly stop by their state-of-the-art machine shop located in Odessa, Texas. But of course, their website is always available, knightonindustries.com.
2: The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday, with a weekend review on Friday.
3: Your past will only last if you don't take off your mask outside's chilly, the inside is warm You've been Historic,
2: the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever The model for future shale basin projects Groundbreaking The Davis Refinery
3: Mind blown, your blown in that song
1: Welcome back to the Crude Life Podcast. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us here. Some have called me the North Dakota Nomad. Others, the shale play Prophet. I take them both. You can certainly email me, jason at the crude because we love to interact and communicate with the folks like the Texas Oil and Gas Association that sent us the lovely reminder that today is the early day for voting. So those folks out there who want to get in their, say, their railroad commissioner vote, today is the first day of early voting in the 2020 Texas primary election. Of course, you can do the presidential and Senate and all that other stuff, but uh, as far as oil and gas goes, I know one of the big ones is the Texas Railroad Commission because they oversee the policies and regulations. Now, as we sit here in our Hatch Coaching Studios, we're going to be joined a little bit later by Mike McMahon with Eco Vapor Recovery Systems on our Bach and Barbecue phone lines. But first, I want to get to headlines. This is part of the show where Provolone picks out three headlines every single day. The links are available at thecrudelife.com. If you'd like to play along, you certainly can. But what we do is we read the headline, the first couple paragraphs if you will just like how they show up on your home page let's say how they you know you got a photo and a headline and maybe some words underneath that's how the average person reads today's headlines so we like to arm ourselves and educate ourselves like the average person for a minute or two and then after that hey that's it we make our assessment we conclude on what it is and move on with life just like everybody else so this is our kind of our let's be normal moment here on the crude life because normally we're not normal no we're esoteric we are organic we just throw out the script and do it however it comes because we are esoteric energy here that is how we heal the millions and millions here at the crude life all right our first headline patagonia sues apparel company over pro oil and gas industry petragonia line Patagonia is suing Petrogonia. Actually, I know these folks. Patagonia Inc., an outdoor apparel company known for its commitment to conservation efforts, filed suit on Monday against a Colorado-based retailer for trademark and copyright infringement claims over its pro-oil and gas industry, Petrogonia Apparel. Patagonia alleges that OC Media is selling apparel with a logo that closely mimics Patagonia's mountain silhouette logo. OC Media has replaced that mountain silhouette imagery with an oil field imagery, specifically machinery associated with oil wells. The word Petrogonia also appears on the clothing and in in font nearly identical to Patagonia's word trademark. Well, first of all, folks, here's what I'm going to tell you. I would go out and buy as many of these OC Media Petrogonia shirts as possible because they're going to be probably a collector's item. Uh, my guess is that Patagonia will not will not let this sleeping dog lie. Um, depends on if they've got attorneys on staff or not. I don't know, but what I do know is that the people over at OC Media are very good people. They're big supporters of the oil and gas industry, and they're having fun. I mean, they're having fun. This isn't the first time Patagonia has impacted the oil and gas industry, especially here on The Crude Life where Dayton Mars came on the program and talked about a rejected order they did because they found out that he worked in the oil and gas industry, so they rejected his order. So what I'm asking you folks to do is get on out there and go to ocmerch.com and buy some. Patagonia merchandise. Get out in there and support these guys. They're out there supporting us every day. So let's support them as they go through their Patagonia predicament, I guess, is probably the way to phrase it, I guess. In fact, Provolone, why don't you put a call out or an email out to Madison or Mark over at OC Media? see if they want to come on. But folks, we're going to put the links up on the website on our Crude Life podcast show page directly to the OC merch at the Petragonia Collection if you'd like to buy some OC merch here as we continue on. By the way, that headline comes to us from Smith. Gambrel and Russell attorneys at law website. So I imagine you got that through a Google news search in some, some way affiliated. Okay. Our next headline. New Mexico activists question governor's climate change goals amid Permian Basin Oil Boom. All right. New Mexico's oil and gas industry could be threatening the state's goals at reducing. Pollution and subsequent climate change as production booms in the Permian Basin. In 2019, New Mexico Governor Michelle Luann Grisham announced a goal for the state to reduce its carbon emissions by 45% from 2005 levels by 2030, putting the state in line with the 2015 Paris Climate Agreement. Well, this goes on with the ongoing question Where does New Mexico's governor, Michelle Luann Grisham, lie? Where are her loyalties? Where is she going with the state? There is a lot of concern coming out of the state when it comes to where she's looking at industry and oil and gas especially because she's getting a lot of pressure from environmental activists. But at the same time, she understands the economics that come along with oil and gas and just the realities, I guess. But interesting this one is coming back again to where now the activists are questioning her after the oil and gas industry questioned her. More to come. I'm going to ask Mike, I guess, for an update on that. Uh, any Anytime those neighboring states of Colorado appear in the news and we get a Colorado guest on, we should find out what's going on. All right. Our next headline is Fox News. Oh, this should be good cyborg locusts could be used to sniff out bombs scientists say i believe that too well look at that it looks exactly like a locust could cyborg locusts be the bomb sniffing dogs of the future scientists who received funding from the u.s navy revealed last week that they were able to program the bugs to sense various smells including from explosives well this will be interesting cyborg locusts uh, first of all, I believe that the bloodhound is the best sniffer of all. So until you can determine or show me, I guess, that um, there's a better sniffer out there, you're not going to convince me otherwise. However, I do get it that humans create jobs in order to create cyborg locusts whereas you know i mean not not everybody wants to put a dog to work so i i I like that i mean our friend mick hager down there at pipeline canine pipeline inspections she puts dogs to work i'm all about employing animals i mean back in the day i know when they did the oxen care you know tractors got rid of that job for oxen now we just eat them but I, I'm all about putting together, putting animals to work if if, they, if they're happy doing it. Creating cyborg locusts, though, that's different to me. Um, why so small? Are they just going to sniff things out? Are they going to listen, too? Uh, do we need to do? Listen, folks, uh, 2008, I did a story. I started covering drones back in 2008, and... Uh, Israel is miles ahead of the United States. Israel is very far ahead of drone with, with their drone technology. And we learned from Israel. Back in 2008, Israel had drones the size of honeybees. So you can imagine what they have now. Um, by the way, did you know that they don't really even sniff for cannabis or marijuana anymore because of Colorado and Vegas and, and these... Um, major airports in these major cities that have cannabis legal that you're just walking down the street and you can get the smoke on you. So everybody and their mother was getting sniffed out. So they had to retire a lot of those cannabis sniffing dogs. These are bomb sniffing ones, but I sidebar from time to time, but no, it's a good idea. It is a good idea. Anything that we can do to, uh, eliminate bombs on planes. I'm all about, but at the same time, uh, let's make sure we're transparent. And do we need them really to be the size of locusts? And why locusts? Are they going to crawl around? Are they going to go in and out of your bags? We're, we're, I mean, what's going on here? And why not a cricket? Why a locust? Is this biblical? Are we going to get to rapture with robotic locusts? Problem, we got to look up that verse and, and re-get in touch with our Bible again to figure out the locusts and, and their impact on man. Because right now, again, I'm, I'm a little bit agitated today on what's going on. I've got some friends down in Colorado that are getting hit up with a frivolous lawsuit and got upside down jellyfish releasing venom. Apparently, according to this website here I'm looking at, and now I got locusts, robotic locusts climbing in and out of my baggage at the airport. So, I'm you... You need to be that, that donkey that calms the thoroughbred racehorse like 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 you're doing right now. All right, folks, that's going to do it for headlines today. Like we mentioned, all of those headlines are available at thecrudelife.com on our show page. We have the links right there. Now, before Mike McMahon joins us via the Bakken Barbecue phone lines, I do want to mention our sponsor for today it is companies like Nighton industries that allow us to keep our lights on and when our lights are on we want to be able to inform educate and entertain you on how those lights stay on because it's not just the flick of a switch. It is with companies like Knighton Industries and their hard-working men and women out there in the field doing what it takes to make sure that we can keep our lights on. Now, Knighton Industries is a full-service pump distributor servicing the oil and gas industrial and municipal market since 1969. They offer parts, sales, and service of all major brand pumps along with a 24-hour service department and full-service machine shop. By working together, Knighton Industries are capable of ensuring efficient and responsible action when they are called to address your critical operations. Their manufacturing capabilities allow Knighton Industries to offer customized package equipment and service out of their state-of-the-art machine shop located in Odessa, Texas. For more information, visit knightonindustries.com. That is knightonindustries.com. It seems everywhere I go these days, someone is telling me about the success of Hatch Coaching. Listen to what professional speaker Mark J. Lindquist has to say.
2: To see Eric Hatch grow his business and then start to share it with other people, I think is one of those great steps in life, you know? What do you do in society? You succeed at a thing, and then you teach other people how you did it. And now to see Eric duplicating his genius across the country, I'm telling you, There's a world changer down the street, and his name is Eric Hatch.
1: For more information, call 701-212-1572 or visit coachingwithhatch.com. That's coachingwithhatch.com. Food Life Podcast. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us as we sit here in the Hatch Coaching Studios. Our entitled intern, Provolone, is man in the production elements of the program. Our sponsor today is Night and Industries. And coming up on our Bakken Barbecue phone lines is Mike McMahon. He is with Eco Vapor Recovery Systems. And Provolone, let's patch him in if you wouldn't mind right now on our Bakken Barbecue phone lines. Yeah, Mike McMahon, Eco Vapor Recovery System. Thank you very much for joining the program here today. Mike levels look good, so we're just going to go ahead and get started here. And we wanted to bring you on because you've been in emission management now for a while. Of course, flaring is the word that often gets used with emission management, but we're going to have a little bit of a serious talk about it. So I thought we'd use the professional word. And um, first of all, how are you doing today? And uh, go ahead and let us know a little bit about your company, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, Mr. Mike McMahon? Yes, hi uh, Jason and, and uh, your listeners, Th- thanks
0: for the opportunity to uh, uh, get on and talk a little bit about, about EcoVapor. Uh, at EcoVapor, uh, our team is providing solutions to upstream oil and gas producers uh, to help them reach their uh, emissions uh, and uh, air regulatory goals or solve uh, air regulatory or emissions problems. And so we, uh, you know, we've been in business for 10 years. In fact, we just celebrated our 10th anniversary. Uh, so we have, uh, over the years, developed a tremendous amount of expertise in the design and operation of, of very effective and very reliable uh, tank battery vapor recovery systems. <clears throat> the tank battery on a typical upstream well pad accounts for at least two-thirds of the uh, air emissions profile for that site. And so we, uh, you know, we work with operators uh, to uh, provide solutions so that they can resolve their issues and and achieve their goals. We have over a hundred installations uh, in all major basins uh, in the U.S. And uh, you know, we look forward to continuing to um, help operators, uh, you know, Im- improve uh, their uh, their air emissions uh, uh, profile.
1: Flaring's been in the news recently in terms of trying to reach, in fact, in North Dakota, and the Bakken, another month went by, goals were not uh, met. And my contention is, is there are some solutions out there to really curtail things. And I, I know that the, the numbers aren't there all the time, but it sure seems like these science projects are becoming a lot more efficient and a lot more intuitive as well. Uh, talk to me about some of the, the issues with flaring that that are going on and how you guys are you know, helping solve the problems out there with 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 what uh, you know the regulations and in states and counties are trying to match.
0: Sure, no thanks for the opportunity. <clears throat> you know, first of all, you know uh, there's there are a lot of projects uh, going on in all basins. Uh, you know, to improve you know pipeline and takeaway capacity so that the gas can be captured. You know, if if there's no takeaway capacity, then the operator, you know, there are there is technology that can strip out uh, the NGLs and, uh, and then you're only flaring methane, which is, uh, you know, a cleaner solution, but then, then flaring the entire vapor stream with the NGLs. But, uh, uh, you know, but first of all, where the, where takeaway capacity exists, you know, we at Ecovapor help the operators, you know, develop solutions which can eliminate flaring and uh, basically just make flaring an activity that takes place in emergency only. Um, you know, the uh, you know, There are many operators that have taken fairly uh, aggressive uh, stances in uh, environmental leadership where they have said, you know, uh, we, we know we can still get some permitting for flaring, but we're going to uh, step beyond that and we're going to demonstrate environmental leadership and we're going to reduce and eliminate flaring. Uh, one example of that is Shell uh, in the Permian and uh, we've worked on a project with shell there's a case study uh, on the ecovapor uh, .com website ecovaporrs uh, website that details our work with shell where uh, you know shell decided to uh, you know that they would take an uh, environmental leadership position and you know reduce and eliminate flaring in the permian <clears throat> and uh, with the ecovapor solution in place uh, we have uh, helped shell reduce their flaring by over 80% in the Permian over the last year and a half, so flaring, although still permitted in in most regions, uh, you know, still is is a very visible uh, sign of uh, you know of, of waste. And so, uh, you know, we we help operators eliminate that that flaring and, and capture that gas. <clears throat> Obviously, commodity prices right now for gas are, are not very good. However, the Vapor solution offers uh, you know many different avenues for uh for economic payback Uh, not only is the vapor captured and sold so there is incremental gas revenue but also the the vapor that's generated in the tank battery is a very rich uh stream uh you know natural gas is around a thousand btus uh the the vapor off the tanks is is typically two and a half times or even more that and so there are some higher carbon components in that vapor stream that can be captured uh, and, and sold. And so there are benefits, economic benefits in in incremental liquids production, in addition to the incremental uh, gas sales. Uh, also with the ecovapor solution, the operator has the opportunity to run the pressures in their tank batteries very low. Uh, if those pressures are operated at higher levels, there's a risk for, for fugitive emissions where thief hatches or other relief devices on the tanks will open and raw vapor you know will be emitted into the atmosphere Uh, and so with eco-vapor solution the tank battery pressures can be run low uh, and that de-risks fugitive emissions and also typically lowers maintenance costs on thief hatches and thief hatch gaskets and other uh, moving parts uh, in the tank battery which uh, which again contribute to to the, uh, to the economic payback. So, uh, even in these, uh, challenged times, of commodity prices, uh, the ecovapor systems typically pay for themselves in six to nine months. Uh, so I think we offer a, a very attractive solution and one that obviously helps the operator, you know, eliminate flaring.
1: Do you have a kind of an easy answer when somebody asks you, what do you do with the captured gas? And I, I know there's a lot of different things, but um, does anybody ever ask that question, you know, just out on the street at a cocktail party, at church, at the cafe, <laughs> that type of thing, you know, because all that flaring's there, and, you know, pe- people often probably don't understand that um, that can be used for a lot of different things, can it?
0: Absolutely. You know, again, as I said, the uh, the vapor that is uh, generated in the in the uh, tank battery is a, is a very rich stream. Uh, it has propanes and butanes and pentanes uh, typically in that stream and so uh, it's it's a very valuable stream and so uh, you know a typical system would have a uh, a compressor a vapor recovery unit uh, attached you know to the uh, tank battery you know removing the vapor you know compressing it <clears throat> and then uh, it passes through uh ecovapors zero two unit uh before going into the uh into the sales sales line or the gathering system uh oxygen is very prevalent in the uh in the vapor stream uh in those uh in those storage tanks in the tank battery they're run at very low pressures and and in spite of the operator's best efforts you know air gets into those uh tanks uh and and the pipelines have very strict regulations on the oxygen content uh, that can be in that gas if there's more than 10 parts per million of oxygen in that gas stream. Pipelines typically reject that stream because it causes corrosion in the pipeline and also impairs the midstream processes It causes amine processes and other processes in midstream gas production to to be very inefficient And so the eco vapor system, uh, you know uh, removes the oxygen reliably and, and uh, uh, you know Ineffectively so that that vapor stream can be captured a hundred percent of the time uh, You know, this allows the operator to to model and permit a site, you know, knowing that the vapor stream will be effectively and reliably uh, captured and so they can operate, you know, in a a tighter
1: operating window. I saw earlier that um, wind energy is going on, I think, 28 years of government subsidies since they did their whatever bill was signed in 1992 and then they renewed it in 1999, Uh, 28 years. One of the things that we've been having a conversation with on this program, I don't know if anybody else is, and so my first question is, I guess, is in your line of work where you're in the emission management business, is, is there anybody having this conversation? Which is, is it time that we take a look at some natural gas projects like yourself and some other ones that where these guys are sleeping on their well sites, checking levels away from their families? and looking at subsidizing the natural gas industry, which is a very clean, um, great bridge, whatever you want to call it. I believe it's more of a foundation, but I just see where there's such an abundance of it to where if we shifted some solar or wind subsidies over to natural gas or whatever the case might be, I just think a lot more benefit for the planet and humanity could be done because it would give... These, <laughs> I call them crazy scientists who are out there trying to figure out ways to capture. The, I mean, there, a lot of these guys are doing it on their own dime, and so um, just kind of your thoughts on that a little bit. Is anybody having that conversation? Do, do you understand what I'm talking about? Do you see that as kind of a, a decent thing? Just some comments I'm looking for, I guess.
0: Sure. Well, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm, I'm not aware of any active conversation about you know subsidizing uh, you know the natural gas industry, but you know. It, it, my view, first of all, the overall, you know, continuum of different uh, sources of energy, you know, I do think, you know, I, I do see where, you know, we we, uh, we had the need to develop a variety, uh, you know, of options. And, and I know the government subsidies have been very active, you know, with, with wind and solar and over the years have helped, you know, reduce uh, the cost of, uh, of wind and solar energy. But in spite of that, you know, I think, uh, you know, without the government subsidies, the economics of both of those would be very marginal. So, you know, it's, it's one where, where natural gas is certainly, you know, a very good option, uh, you know, for, for our energy solution now and going forward. Uh, I think, uh, you know, perhaps uh, more, uh, uh, you know, more activity with co- uh, n- compressed natural gas Fueled uh, vehicles, you know, would be one one area that I think would be, you know, a real win win, you know, for for our country. Uh, in addition, I know uh, we, we continue to build more uh, export uh, capacity uh, for uh, for liquefied natural gas and so you know as that as that continues to grow i think that will you know help uh, help the commodity markets as well so i think there's room under the tent for for different uh, energy solutions but the uh, but natural gas you know certainly needs to be viewed as as the primary uh, one at this point and uh, one that offers you know uh, you know good clean energy solution and and uh, to me uh, compressed natural gas in vehicles and uh, you know the continued displacement of, of coal with natural gas uh, are the avenues that, that seem to be the ones that, that have the
1: most traction. How about when it comes to regulations these days? Uh, you're out of Colorado. I was seeing an article the other day and talking to some members in the industry about uh, there's a mobile unit now driving around trying to, I don't I don't remember if it's noise or air, I believe it's air quality they're trying to, to assess in different areas. Um, flaring, of course, like I mentioned earlier, North Dakota, they've got a capture rate. I think they're at 84% was the last um, number, which was released last week. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about the regulations on uh, natural gas and flaring and, um, you know, some things that are either helping you guys out in terms of being efficient or things that are really a roadblock and, you know, possibly should be rethought. Um, If you're comfortable, I guess, talking about that. (laughs)
0: Sure, absolutely. You know, I think it's pretty, been pretty well publicized that over the last year and a half or so, you know, the regulatory uh, environment for uh, uh, air emissions and oil and gas has, has, has uh, you know, been been increased significantly, uh, and so you know there are uh, lower thresholds, you know, for permits and, and tighter. Regulation so I could go into a ton of detail of all different moving parts of that but the bottom line is uh, you know the oil and gas industry is coming under a lot more scrutiny and uh, although even though you know for example uh, in in Texas most flaring is, is, is just an open, uh, you know, an open flame type of flare in Colorado. Uh, there's, you don't see very much of that it's typically an enclosed combustor, <clears throat> but still, uh, inside those enclosed combustors, even though a flame is invisible, uh, there's still, you know, burning of the uh, vapors and the destruction, you know, of that gas. Uh, so the, the regulations on, uh, on combusting of, of vapor in Colorado, you know, continue to tighten. And uh, so, again, we're having more and more, you know, conversations with, with operators about, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, our, our solution. Uh, we just had a startup with an operator about two weeks ago uh, where we're capturing all of their tank vapor and uh, and the, the operator is, is capturing additional liquids production and selling that stream. In addition, the state of Colorado has has increased their focus on the vapors that are generated when it when a tanker truck is is loaded with oil. Uh, so on a uh, on an upstream site, you know, in a lot of cases, the uh, gas excuse me the oil that is uh, held in the tank battery is pumped into a tanker truck for uh, transport to market. <clears throat> when those empty trucks show up. There is uh, obviously, you know, a vapor mixture inside that empty truck, which is a combination of maybe 50% air and 50% hydrocarbons. Uh, the state of Colorado has increased their uh, regulatory scrutiny of those uh, truck vapor streams, and so in this uh, startup that we did a couple of weeks ago with with an operator uh, in the DJ, we actually are uh, capturing the vapors that come off of that uh, tanker truck as it's loaded, and uh, those vapors are just taken into the tank battery, uh, mixed with the vapor in the tank battery, uh, and then compressed and uh, brought through uh, the, the R02 unit, and that uh, gas stream is then sold. So it's it's literally uh, a zero emissions uh, site uh, that, that we started up on a couple of weeks ago, and we're working on a, a case study for that right now, but so we, you know, the the environment in Colorado is is becoming, you know, more and more challenging for uh, for oil and gas producers to operate. But so we're we're pleased to be able to, to have a solution, you know, that can that can help operators not only survive uh, but thrive in uh, in the state of Colorado. Um, beyond Colorado, what we see is that uh, the state of New Mexico is is watching, you know colorado's you know journey to a higher level of regulation very closely and we do see regulatory changes on the horizon in uh, new mexico and uh you know we also see you know increased discussion you know in the state of texas on uh you know some uh limitations to flaring or you know higher higher levels of uh, of regulations around emissions management so uh we just continue to have you know very good discussions and, and uh, you know good good success you know uh, starting up systems in all those areas you know to help help those operators meet their goals and, and uh, either either uh, adjust to the higher level of uh, regulatory compliance or you know operators that see what's coming and, and want to get out ahead of that
1: I'm not sure where the world of AI or sensors and automation is with emission management or not, but it seems like it's impacting every single department and every single niched subcategory department in the, in the world of oil and gas. So um, are you guys uh, integrating? Is it is it being integrated as an industry? Just, um, I guess I'm not really up to speed on my uh, artificial intelligence or the sensors, or even when it comes to the automation, when it comes to emission management, is there anything going on there?
0: there there is a, there is some activity there that's that's worth discussing uh you know the i'll take the state of colorado as as uh as an example <clears throat> you know it, in the recent past the requirements in the state of colorado were to have what's called an LDAR, a leak detection and repair activity take place on their sites i think it was either once or twice a year you know was the requirement uh the first of this year the first of 2020 That requirement became a monthly requirement. And so, uh, you know, some solutions have evolved to help the efficiency of those uh, scans of upstream sites where there are now companies who operate uh, drones uh, that will do flyovers of sites and, and, uh, you know, provide reports on any, uh, you know, fugitive emissions uh, that, that may have been observed on that site so that the operator can make repairs uh however there is a, a you know feeling among some in colorado that uh, that even a monthly uh audit of an upstream facility may not be enough and so uh there are some uh, uh so, some te- there's some technology that that is available now that are, that uh, offers continuous monitoring so these are very very sensitive uh devices uh sensors that are put you know in various locations around a, a pad that will give uh you know a, a, a continuous uh, uh readout of, of excuse me not a readout but they're actually, they're actually continuously monitoring you know the the site and if there is uh you know very very uh low level of uh methane uh detected then then an alarm will go off and this technology gets down into the you know below the parts per million into the parts per billion type of range uh and so these are these are uh, becoming commercially available and uh you know they're, they're certainly being uh, viewed you know in the in the state of colorado as as maybe uh, part of the solution some operators are are doing some trials with with that technology now
1: anything new in your guys world where you guys uh doing business with shale plays this day this these days and uh give yourself a give yourself a plug on how people can get in touch with you
0: oh thank you oh we're we're uh very busy uh you know with uh, lots of lots of installations the fourth quarter of last year was uh, was our busiest quarter with our uh, uh zero two technology and that momentum has uh, continued into into first quarter so uh we're quite busy working with operators and you know, we we have uh, some technology that is a key part of, uh, of an effective and reliable vapor recovery system, but we are starting to work with more and more operators to help them with the design of their facilities. You know, we have a, a, a really smart group of engineers, very experienced and, and very passionate about uh you know the the environmental uh, improvements that we can make uh with our solution and so we're working with several operators actually helping them design uh, their uh, vapor recovery systems and, and working with them on their emissions management uh strategy so uh, it's very very busy times for us uh we've recently had some startups uh you know on on both the texas and new mexico side of the permian uh we have one operator with over 20 units uh, down in the eagleford um you know we continue to work very closely with with shell as they work to continue to uh you know, reduce their their flaring in the permian and um, a lot of work with uh many operators in the dj and and some up in the bakken you know reacting to you know the regulatory environment and uh wanting to improve uh their uh, you know emissions performance and and uh, execute on a on a much more uh, leading edge uh emissions management strategy so we're uh you know we're real busy but uh please check out our website uh we are ecovapor recovery systems so our website is www.ecovaporrs.com uh my name is mike mcmahon and our uh, we can be reached uh on a number 844 no flare and uh, i'm extension 101 at 844 uh, no flare so we would love to hear from from operators and uh, help them uh,
3: uh, achieve their goals as well.
0: To listen to the full-length interview, visit
2: thecrudelife.com.
3: Uh-huh.
1: And that's going to do it for today's The Crude Live podcast. My name is Jason Speece. I'd like to thank you folks for tuning in and joining us. Provolone, excellent job today being the donkey that calms the thoroughbred racehorse. You are the donkey. I am the thoroughbred racehorse in that scenario. I'm sorry that that's the phrase that worked out, but last night as I was lying in bed trying to figure out your purpose on today's program and this morning... When I got my ire up, I realized today you're going to be like one of those donkeys that calms the thoroughbred racehorse. Now, I could have went another direction and involved a llama, but that's for a different day. You're not quite at the calming of a llama stage yet, you know, the llamas, because they're a protector. The llamas are a protector. The donkey, that's just more of, you know, of a calmer. So thank you for being the donkey today on the program. Also, I would like to thank Mike McMahon with Eco Vapor Recoveries for coming on today's program. And coming up in just a moment or two, Jody Smith, the North Dakota Land Commissioner, is going to give us an update on the letter that was sent out looking to collect millions of dollars in unpaid natural gas royalties from companies in the Bakken. She's going to join us on our Bakken Barbecue phone line. Also, the headlines are available at thecrudelife.com and the Petrogonia link. If you'd like to purchase merchandise and support OC Media, and they've got other things besides the Petrogonia merchandise as well. But if you'd like to support their cause, feel free, and we've got the links as well available at thecrudelife.com. Knighton Industries, thank you very much for being our sponsor today. They are a full service pump distributor servicing the oil and gas industry, the industrial industry, and the municipal markets since 1969. Their state-of-the-art machine shop is located in Odessa, Texas, but they will gladly do business outside of that area as well. For more information and to see all, they're all over the place, folks, all over the place. For more information, go to knightandindustries.com. The links are available at our show page. Also, our featured event today the first day of early voting in the 2020 Texas primary election. And that was sent to us from the Texas Oil and Gas Association. They wanted to remind us to remind you so that you can get out there and get your early voting in. The Texas Railroad Commission, of course, is the one that would probably be the most relevant to the oil and gas industry. My suggestion is to just reach out to the Texas Oil and Gas Association find out the things that they're recommending, and then check out a few things on your own. Obviously, you know what best suits you and your interests when it comes to putting you know, food on the table and making your mortgage payments and just living a quality of life that you know in your area. But as I mentioned, the links are available at life.com on the show page. And I do want to mention the music that you're listening to is by the Moody River Band as part of our Crude Life crossover where we reach out and connect with musicians. We air their music here on the program, and instead of having musicians protest the oil and gas industry, we now have them promoting the oil and gas industry. Are we going to change the image overnight? No. But we're trying, and we're doing things that are positive. And this is one of the small ways that the Crude Life is just trying to reach out and connect with people in a new way here at the crude life podcast so this is the moody river band the links are available at the crude life.com if you'd like to go and purchase their music but by the way they don't sell their music they give it away for free which is kind of a rare thing they're more interested in the live events so they figure if you're familiar with their music when they come to your town because they only do big street dances and events and big concerts and that sort of thing you know they only do like six shows a year i think maybe 10 shows a year but they're, they're a big, high energy band and they give away their music for free. So if you'd like to check out their music, thecrudelife.com, click on our show page and you can get the links there. Provolone, thank you very much for the job that you did today, much appreciated. You're one of the best donkeys in the business, Provolone. From the staff here at the Crude Life Podcast, my name is Jason Spees. asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry. It's a way of life.
2: The Crude Life with host Jason Speece.
1: My name is Jason Speece and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with Jody Smith, the North Dakota Land Commissioner, who recently sent out a letter to dozens of operators outlining how they must pay money they had previously deducted from royalties owed to the state agency for developing state-owned minerals. In just a moment, part of our exclusive interview with Jody Smith, the North Dakota Land Commissioner, right here on the Crude Life Daily Update. Well, the ruling
4: came out from the Supreme Court, and it's commonly referred to as the Newfield case. And so the litigation was brought against the board in March of 2018, kind of made its way through the district court and then up to the Supreme Court. Uh, We argued our case in June of 19, and the court issued their ruling in July of 19. Uh, They then remanded the case down to district court for interpretation and kind of guide us on next steps. And so we've been waiting for the district court to kind of issue out uh, the interpretation of that ruling. And so the board just felt like it was in the best interest of these operators who are accruing interest every month to issue out a notification just making them all aware of this ruling and giving them a formal kind of guideline or format in which they can come into compliance with the state. We deal with about 80 gas operators and I think it's really important um, to note that this is only for gas, it has nothing to do with oil. And so of those payers, we have about 40 of them who are out of compliance with the state. They have been notified that they're out of compliance with the state just via an audit that we've probably done over the past five years. Uh, we sent this notification out to all 80 operators just so that they would all understand kind of the process that we're going through right now. And we have been contacted this week by at least 20 of those payers trying to get into compliance with the state within the, the first 90 days.
1: And that was North Dakota Land Commissioner Jody Smith. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit com. That's com. While you're there, be sure to join our ever-growing army of social media energy enthusiasts. Right there at thecrudelife.com, click on the social media tab. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by
2: Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative. The cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery.
1: It seems everywhere I go these days, someone is telling me about the success of Hatch Coaching. Listen to what professional speaker Mark J. Lindquist has to say.
2: To see Eric Hatch grow his business and then start to share it with other people, I think, is one of those great steps in life. You know, what do you do in society? You succeed at a thing and then you teach other people how you did it. And now to see Eric duplicating his genius across the country, I'm telling you, there's a world changer down the street, and his name is Eric Hatch.
1: For more information, call 701 212 1572 or visit CoachingWithHatch.com. That's CoachingWithHatch.com.
3: Oh uh-huh. in the place it's just a you
0: The Crude Life every Monday through Thursday with a Week in Review on Friday.